In the last solo episode, we talked about meaning, perspective, and how we can move on from past regrets to pave the way for new dreams. Well, in today's episode, it is a fun one. We're actually going to go into the past and future on purpose to figure out what you want to do if you have no idea or too many ideas about things that you could set goals for. So how can we narrow it down? For some reason, this episode reminded me a lot of Interview 35 with Cara Rick actor and entrepreneur who shared about the fact that there are no real answers in life. And so if these topics interest you, be sure to check out that interview as well. So how do we figure out what you want to do? I'm often asked, what if I have too many ideas or what if I have no ideas at all? Now, it would be unfair, but it's tempting in both cases to say, just try things and call it a day. I'll elaborate, but that is the main point. If you can strengthen your dreamer muscle, there will be plenty of ideas, too many even to try them all. So the simple answer is just pick something and try it. But what if you are really stuck? How do you pick something? What if you are the person who says, I can't even think of anything to do? How do you pick something to try? The key is actually to start dreaming like a kid again. Picture the concept of being a kid in kindergarten or a toddler on the park. Really envision that feeling of wanting to be a superhero, an astronaut, or the first ambitions that you had to be really anything at all. Well, unfortunately, sometimes we grow up and we actually lose this skill. We talked in a previous episode about giving up on past dreams. Without judging ourselves, we simply asked, why did we not pursue these dreams? Or if we did pursue them, even for a little while, why did we give up? Many of us, whether as kids playing with blocks or in our preteen years, we had those dreams, those ambitions that we envisioned and didn't chase, or we chased and failed. And sometimes they simply weren't meant to be. That part is completely fine. But what we cannot do is allow these failures, these missed attempts to prevent us from dreaming like a kid anymore. So what can we do about it? One thing we know to be true is that words don't teach. Reading or listening to a podcast like this will help, but it does not lead to learning. What does lead to learning is action and experiences. What we want to learn is how to dream big, and therefore, if this is what we are trying to learn, we must gain more and more and more experience doing just that. We need to make dreaming a core part of our being again. The amazing thing is that this is never a pass-fail or even a grade point evaluation exercise. It would be impossible to grade this. It's a forever thing, and the goal is to feel good doing it. Amidst the ups and downs, it's all about loving the journey. Now, I mentioned at the top that this episode reminds me of the Cara Ricketts one, where she said that there are no right answers. When I was growing up, we used textbooks that had answers in the back of the book. And I know these still exist too, because my daughter was doing a word search from the dollar store the other day, and the book she had had answers in the back too. Here's the thing about big dreams though. There are no right answers. So there are no answers at the back of the book. Life is much more like a personal science experiment. You, and only you, can search for answers. You have to make a hypothesis, test things, draw conclusions, and make adjustments. When it comes to the idea of trying things, many of us overthink the planning stages of taking on a new goal. This keeps us stuck in the past. We need to think more like scientists, detectives, and design thinkers. Figuring it out should be our everyday mode. 
We need to think in terms of problems, test things out, fail often, learn, and pivot. We need to stop worrying about consistency or results and focus more on change and enjoying the very next teeny tiny step. If we can create a bias toward action instead, then we are always in the arena. When you think of an idea, just try it. This is why I made my handles on socials at just tries because I wanted it to be front and center, a symbol of this concept. As you try things, you will develop the ability to craft a bigger dream around what you learn about yourself. Now to the fun part, how do you know what to try? There are three things that I like to focus on when helping people organize their ideas for what they could try. The way I like to do this is by taking a piece of paper, putting your name in the middle, and creating connections outward by thinking about or discussing three big questions. What are your strengths? What are your interests? And who would you want to be? You don't have to do all three. Maybe you already know you want to be a model, a singer-songwriter, or a teacher, and that's awesome. But it never hurts to try one or more of these brainstorming methods, and maybe you have no clue what to try, and in that case, these will definitely help. So how does number one work? What are your strengths? Knowing our strengths serves us in two important ways. One, it reminds us that we are very capable at things in building our confidence, and two, it allows us to think of ways to leverage our talents as we pursue our big passions. Oftentimes, some of our passions feel like an unwinnable, never-ending uphill battle. When that's the case, it can be due to the fact that we aren't leveraging our strengths quite enough. So what are you good at? This reminds me of another interview we did with Brendan Kane, where he talks about all of our success comes down to solving problems for others. When it comes to any project, you are solving a problem for someone else. You don't need to be building a massive company to be solving these problems. Any and every project we take on will be solving a problem. And the strengths and skills you have are what are used to solve these problems for people. So the question becomes, what are all of the possible skills you could use to solve problems? While you are brainstorming, here are a few prompts that can get you started. When you think of traits and skills that you are good at, what comes to mind? If you have someone or some people whose opinions you value enough to ask, just ask them what they think you are good at and add it to the list. What are five skills that you would like to improve? What are five skills that you are good at and what careers or passion projects could you pursue for each of these? And finally, if you were to teach one skill, if people come to ask you to help them with a skill, what would that be? The second big idea is the question, what are your interests? Society often leads us to believe that we need to either choose to focus on passion or skills. In reality, we can create a life built on both. It is not an either or. The truth is we can combine skill and passion. In fact, from this year moving forward, we need to focus more and more on passion and creativity because of the future of work. If employers can A, train people to do the same things you do, but for cheaper, or B, things can be automated by robots, then we will either be compensated poorly or we will simply be replaced. It's human nature and evolution. If a job isn't needed, it won't exist. Besides, life is short. In the time that we have physical representation on this earth, we might as well pursue the things that bring us the greatest joy. 
Now, this may seem like stressful, depressing things, but it can actually be the opposite. This can be great news. It's why I get so excited about helping people find their true passion and craft a way to pursue it. It's actually an exciting time because we can focus on learning to do things that A, can't be automated, and B, would be very difficult or near impossible to train others to do what we do. In other words, robots will never take away personal creative pursuits. So what do you love? We talked about the importance of strengths. We may be able to leverage those strengths to help us along the way. And eventually we can combine those with interests and have them blend together. So for now, let's focus on figuring out what your passions are. What activity, passion, pastime do you participate in that you feel most energized and excited about? What is fun? While you are brainstorming, here are a few more prompts that can help you get started. What are a couple topics that you love learning about? What are you interested in, fascinates, or intrigues you? Name the top 5 to 10 activities that bring you a state of flow. What things would you do all day, every day, for free if you never had to worry about work commitments, schedules, or bills? And the final question of helping us figure out what to try is, who do you want to be? Now this comes with a big warning. We have to be careful with this one. It's a perfect example of something that is very, very hard to explain without coaching someone one-to-one, but I'll try. Let me start with an important rule. Comparing ourselves to others as a way of measuring our worth is useless and we should never do it. Now remember that rule, I'm gonna say it again. Comparing ourselves to others as a way of measuring our worth is useless and we should never do it. Okay, that said, Jealousy can be a very important hint toward things that we may be interested in trying, and we can use others' examples as a tool to help us figure this out. So who inspires you? Everyone who has pursued their meaning has done so on the shoulders of giants. As Austin Kleon broadcasts on the title of his best-selling book, we all have to steal like an artist. In every industry, the current greats built their success on the progress of those who came before them. LeBron James learned from Kobe, who learned from Jordan, and the next basketball player will learn from LeBron. Billie Eilish learned from Amy Winehouse and Tyler the Creator, who probably were influenced by Aaliyah and the Beatles, and the next musicians will learn from Billie. Like every emotion in life, jealousy has two sides to it. There is one for beating ourselves up and feeling less than others, but there's also a healthy side for inspiration and clues towards something we might want to achieve or at least try. The question then becomes, who inspires you? While you are brainstorming, here are a few more prompts to get you started. What celebrities make you wonder what it would be like to be them? What other people do you see pursuing goals where you wonder what it would be like to chase that goal for yourself? Whose lifestyles do you observe that make you feel a bit jealous? If you could achieve the accomplishments of anyone else in this world, who would it be? Even though I've already mentioned it twice, I feel it's important to mention one more time, comparing ourselves to others can have a very negative effect, but it is okay to let the world inspire us. Don't compare yourself to others to measure your self-worth, but look at the lives of others to be inspired to start stealing like an artist. The reason why this is so helpful is that we can only see as far as we personally know based on our own limited experiences. 
allowing others to open up our eyes to possibilities we never thought of takes the pressure off of trying to figure this out for ourselves. It's simply way easier to let others give us hints and then go with our gut. But remember, this is just an exercise to get those hints and not something we should do to measure our self-worth. Now here's a bonus. Two more things that you can do to help you come up with the ideas of what you want to try. If it's difficult to come up with the answers to these questions, you can try these two things and they tend to make it easier. One, improve self-reflection. Self-reflection is not just for monks locked away for weeks at a time. Every one of us can benefit from being more reflective. Regular reflection will help no matter how you do it. It leads to new ideas and plants seeds in your heart, mind, and soul that could lead to your greatest dream. So try meditation, steady state exercise, writing, showering, hot tub, sauna, etc. It doesn't matter what you do, but you should commit to 15 minutes per day to reflect without distraction. Secondly, you can bring in backup. When we are fighting really strong dream blockers, it can be helpful to have reinforcements. Ask someone else to reflect with you, ask them to help you brainstorm what your strengths are, what you love to do, and who you aspire to be. This could be formalized like hiring a coach, but it can also just be a friend, family member, or colleague that you trust. You might even need to ask a couple of people. Either way, outside conversations can help lead to personal breakthroughs. (laughs) Oh, one last thing. While we are in pursuit of your big dream, and that's what we're trying to fine-tune, I want to point out that these things will change. Oftentimes, that's one of the main things getting in the way. The idea that you are picking something forever, that it will be imprinted and stained on your skin like a tattoo. But the fact is, goals will shift and evolve. The important thing is that we find the most valuable thing, the most valuable goal at any given time. All right, there you have it. Three ways and two bonuses that you can determine what things you want to try. Over the coming solo episodes, we'll talk about maintaining our mindset in the early stages of trying things. And pretty soon, we'll make a decision to focus on your one thing. As always, JKL community, I can't say thank you enough for listening. And if you pass the show on, I really appreciate it. Word of mouth helps with podcasting so much. So if you know anyone that benefits from learning, growth mindset, or goal setting, please do pass it along. All the best. And until the next episode, just keep learning.